is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it in for the touchdown. Now, your hosts, Mickey Spagnola, Rob Phillips, Everson Walls, and Bill Jones. Boy, they got it half right. 50 50. <laughs> 50-50 again. Second straight week. That's okay. We'll get it right at some point, but. It is a cloudy Tuesday, and that means more Talking Cowboys here on DallasCowboys.com and all the various social media. SWBC Mortgage Studio hosting us again. Mickey Spagnola. Heck, my Harrison back for a second straight week. Must have did something right. Did something yeah, right. Did. So you're back in the chair, Everson Walls, and then I'm back in the chair too. So I guess I did okay. Kyle Yeoman's here filling in for Bill Jones. And guys, uh, it was a fun weekend. I know, Mickey, you were down in New Orleans. How was that? Uh, New Orleans was great. Yeah. Anytime you go to New Orleans, it's great. It is great. And if it's I'm not great, it's your own fault. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have some good food down there? I uh, had great food. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, you know, a few drinks. A few. Just a few. Wow. <laughs> some great uh, entertainment in some of the little local places I know about. So, yeah, oh, it was, okay. uh, it was uh, quite a quite a. Three days. Yeah, hit up, hit up some of the famous Mickey Spagnola watering holes. That's down. right. Yeah. Absolutely. O'Brien's the, the, the is that biggest one of your spots. O'Brien's? The biggest dive bars you've ever seen in you your know, life. You know, the best bars that are down there are the ones that you you don't even know the name. Locals. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, it's just a sign said drinks. That's it. <laughs> Come you in. Walk. It's just a food uh, building. Yeah, everybody's got Open. food. Yeah, yeah, gumbo and red beans. That's and right. The best you've ever had, no matter where you eat them. And you yeah. guys were there at the right time with Mardi Gras getting ready to start. So the yeah, unfortunately, vibe. it started the night we left that afternoon. It's about like, to say, well, what kind close. of timing was that? Timing was real bad. <laughs> yeah, that's right? real bad. Either timing. that or real good. That it really run good for, <laughs> for a company retreat. Yeah, we got to get you guys back before get Mardi Gras starts. <laughs> Uh, I've never actually been down to New Orleans during Mardi Gras time. So. It's uh, it's quite an experience. Yeah. Whatever you whatever you experienced during the regular times you went, you got to yeah. turn it up about ten times. Really? Okay. Yeah. Matter and of fact, don't even tr- don't even think about renting a car. No. Just walk everywhere. Yeah. Just go so, everywhere yeah, on yeah, feet. Because every, everything is just backed up. Everybody's cruising. Everybody wants to be seen. You know, it's just ridiculous, man. But but it's fun. I mean, that's what you like about it. I now, actually went to my first one probably at about five or seven years old because wow. my dad was born about 30 miles up the river. <laughs> and uh, so we'd go there for vacation, and it was just so happened to be during Mardi Gras and, and learn to beg for beads off the floats, yeah. So wow. they were begging you for beads. So you're, you're like, come on, you got to show them to me. Throw it to me. <laughs> you got to show them to me. I'll throw it to you. Oh, At seven years old. How about that? Oh, gosh. Already off the rails. I was socialized at an early age. It took us a total of four and a half minutes to get off the rails right. this week. Everson, what did you do this weekend? Man, I watched the uh, All-Star game. I was about to say, did I anybody really did. watch the NBA All-Star game? I, I did. did that. But now, on a side note, it was my anniversary. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess How long have you been married? I have to mention that. Uh, my wife told me 36 years. 36 yeah, years. I, I have to but your wife her. let you know that. She let me know oh, okay. that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Before I even put my foot in my mouth, you know. <laughs> Happy 36th, honey. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, if anyone asks. Happy 36. Well, congratulations. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. And, of course, kind of going back to the NBA All-Star game, of course, this is a football-centered show. So I'm going to bring the NBA All-Star game into the conversation just for a split second. You the have fourth to. quarter. You have to. And the way that the things kind of played out and the the structuring behind the NBA All-Star game where they basically reset, said first one to 24, go. Have fun with it. And, and it was it was exactly that. Yeah. It was fun. It was yeah. a, the biggest game of pickup basketball uh, with the best players on the biggest stage in a great city of Chicago. It was unbelievable. But that brings me to the question of how does how does the NFL find a way to they make can't. the Pro can't. Bowl like that? You I can't was, do I was it, right? Thinking the same thing. You just can't do it. I, I think. Well, first of all, you have to start all over if you're the NFL yeah. on just how you treat your players. You know, that's where it comes from. I mean, the the, the NBA is just it's all inclusive. You mm-hmm. know, they the the players have a, a louder voice. 
Uh, they are not held down nearly as much uh, as the young folks say. They're, they're definitely more woke uh, in the okay. NBA. Wow, in regards to inclusion, which is, you know, and being a global game. Yes, we've gone to London and, and we played some games in Mexico and things yeah. of that nature. Mm-hmm. But the basis of the NFL is totally different from the culture that you have in the NBA. And I think it's pretty obvious. You've got guys who refuse to be silenced uh, on their political views, mm-hmm. uh, unlike uh, the NFL. Now, once again, the NBA, de- they do demand, right, that you stand during the national anthem. Is that yeah. right? They mm-hmm. demand that. I'm surprised that that, that flew yeah. uh, with that crew. But uh, the, when you look at the NFL, you've just got so much more that they could be doing in regards to making this not just a global game, but just start right here in America and deal with your own players and your union needs to be stronger. Mm. So when you're talking the NFL versus NBA, no comparison whatsoever. Well, we're about to find out. What are we finding out? The new CBA coming up? Yep. I was about yeah. to say the different collective one more year. agreement. Yeah. Well, that's, it's not going to be anything uh, that revealing. No, I know. That, that, that culture, you know, the culture is changing, but the NFL still, that's still going to be behind the times, no matter what that CBA uh, involves. You just can't figure out a good way to play football the way they did basketball mm-hmm. and the way they do hockey now. Right. Because yeah. they've made it competitive in a kind of a weird way. Uh, football's kind of hard to muck up. Right. The physicality of the game in general would, would change, uh, you know, absolutely. But you, that fourth quarter was as competitive as I've seen in an NBA yeah. All-Star game. And I've been watching it for a while, I'm sure, as you guys have. But I loved seeing it. And I also loved the uh, what was at stake, you know, the, mm-hmm. the charity uh, for the nice. kids that and having good. them there. And so just having it be a community event. And also thinking about, like, how can this carry over into the NFL I just didn't see anything that you could. You can't change the quarters. You can't, you know, switching quarterbacks or something like that. And I think they've done some things like that where they've had a transitionary player where one guy can switch sides, yeah. you know. But I think it's really kind of hard, especially with how physical the game is versus in the NBA. Again, because it's just a pickup game. Yeah. And there's no way to play a pickup football game. You know, initially when you think pickup game with NBA All-Stars, you think boring. You really do because mm-hmm. there's no defense. It's, Lots of scoring. You know, like the but they started – hey, you, we saw the first well, two charges in the, in, a, in an All-Star that. game. And you saw how the, about that? The, the block in the fourth quarter. Absolutely. That, to me, let you know what how they really picked their whole game up. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted that to be a goal 10. I mean, that's how much I was into the game. Right. And I didn't even want to watch it initially because – you know, we know how those games are. They're just throwing it up, and, you know, guys are just halfway. Oh, yeah. No, no plays, you know. No, they're not even a pick and roll. But they, mm, when you give them a goal, what was it, 157? Yeah, 157. They, yeah. they wanted to make that goal. Absolutely. Now, it's funny how just that made a, a much of a difference in the fourth quarter. And maybe Kobe's, uh, you know, his whole legacy mm-hmm. had a little bit to do with that. Absolutely. Were they playing for him? I don't know if they ever said that, but mm-hmm. it seemed like it just meant more even with uh, the new rules that were put in place. That Mamba mentality was on display, even in an all-star game, even and in an exhibition. the slam dunk contest. Yeah, the slam dunk Everywhere. contest. Oh. That was impressive as well. <laughs> but uh, kind of wanted to run through what we're going to talk about today here on Talking Cowboys. Uh, I want to do a peek at the NFC East offseason, what's ahead for some of the other teams around the NFC East. I want to assess what the Cowboys have at tight end and talk about that tight end position a little bit. But wanted to get into... Kind of, I, I want to get away. Let's talk about that. Let's let's get away from Dak Prescott talk. It's been another week of kind of stagnant talk between the Cowboys and then the armchair GM saying, what should the Cowboys do in terms of Dak Prescott? Resign him, sign him to a long-term deal, tag him, et cetera, et cetera. There's been so many different talks. Really, there hasn't been a ton of contract talk at all this week. I, I know Teddy Bridgewater uh, is expected to, to receive about $30 million a year market value, which is a little scary for those wanting to re-sign Dak Prescott. But I kind of wanted to talk about the coaching staff. And, I, and this is where I'm going to draw very heavily on Mickey and Everson, and even you, Heckma, as well. Even me. Even Heckma. <laughs> Just because I'm a even young me. I'm you should have told me I'd have brought my list of guys. Yeah, there you go. Say about me, I'm Heckma, a, you're that guy. Go ahead. There you go. I'm a, I'm a younger guy, and, and so, of course, Mike McCarthy named the ninth head coach in Cowboys history, a whole new coaching staff ahead of us. 
there's been a lot of high expectations for McCarthy. He's a Super Bowl winning uh, coach. He's a guy that now, basically, since Jason Garrett's gone, it seems like the grass is greener on the other side. I want to ask about realistic expectations. The dust has settled. The excitement has died down a little bit. It's time to get to work for all of the coaching staff, including Mike McCarthy. What are the actual expectations compared to what we've seen in the past for first-year Dallas head coaches? Oh, he's not a first-year coach. Mm. In Dallas, though. It's win the Super Bowl. Automatically. Look at look at what happened over the last. He's three, turning red, guys. Look he's, at he's what happened over the here. last three years. Okay, right? Can you replicate that? Yeah. Well, you better. Yeah. Because you got to go forward, right? Mm-hmm. So I, thirteen and three, nine and seven, eight and eight. All right, let's 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 go. Because the reason the coach is not here is because he didn't win the NFC East and he didn't win two playoff games. Mm-hmm. So to me. It's unfortunate, or maybe he welcomes it, but that's Mike McCarthy's bar. He's got to do that at least, right? Because if he doesn't do better, why did you change coaches? Mm-hmm. So to me, that's where you start right now. Mickey, uh, have you ever seen any situations that parallel this one in Dallas? Say, for instance, and the one that I'm thinking about is Tony Dungy in Tampa Bay mm-hmm. when Gruden came in and take, took over a team that was expected to go to the Super Bowl, and Gruden was that piece that took the team to the next level with having a complete Hall of Fame defense with you know Sapp right. and guys that he had over there. But it was the offensive struggles. But now, if you flip this around on this side with the Dallas Cowboys, the offense mm-hmm. is in place. You bring in an offensive-minded coach, but I think what everybody is kind of looking at is the defense and shoring up, shoring up some of those holes that we have on defense. Well, and that's what I wrote on Friday. Welcome to Dallas, Mike Nolan. Yeah. Because if the defense doesn't improve, this team doesn't improve. If you look at some of the things that took place defensively, um, they didn't improve. See, from, from – th- 2013, when they finished 32nd in total defense, every year they improved. And this was the first year they went backwards. They went from 7th to 9th. Not still top 10, right? Exactly. But wasn't good enough uh, because they never, they never won a game that they didn't score 30 points in. Never. Sometimes you got to win 24-21, you know? Um, and, you know, look, look at the Super Bowl. If you take away the last garbage-time touchdown, what Kansas City score? 24. Mm-hmm. And they were going to win. So sometimes you got to win those games, and the Cowboys didn't win them. So if I'm me, not mistaken, Mahomes had a his, – his really his passing percentage and quarterback rating wasn't that good. Right. But you still come out and see an amazing game played by him. Now, what gave him the opportunity to be in the game? It was the fact that his defense finally stepped up. Right. Yeah. So Absolutely. when you start talking about Tampa, I mean, <laughs> first of all, Tampa ended on the high note. Right, right. When with Dungey, am I am I correct? They, they ended did. on a high note. It wasn't the the weird season that the Cowboys had. Not just not even just record wise, but there was not a bunch of speculation, a lot of controversy when when Dungey had it left. It was. I think they won the NFC. I'm, excuse me, they lost no. the NFC Championship that year, and he got fired. Is that was that the game with the catch with the the third down? That's, yeah, that's the game, right? So so to me, you know, Mike McCarthy, don't go to the Jets and give up a ninety. Two-yard touchdown pass. Don't go to New England and get a punt block for the only touchdown of the game. And if the head coach can eliminate those two things, then you're ten and six, right? So weird things happened this year. Well, that got let, him let's, to eight let, and let's, eight. let's yeah. look at let's look at where you know culturally we need to change because you can talk about those two plays and. You know, we probably would have found another way to screw it up. <laughs> Let's just be real, guys. Let's just be real because there was still a lot of football to be played after that. So it could be a lot more things. It has to start. Our identity, to me, still needs to be on the defensive side. We, we ha- Offensively, we're together. There's, uh, McCarthy's coming in. When he was sitting at home hoping that someone, that Jerry Jones or someone called him to this organization, he's thinking what he can do with that offense. That's the first thing that he's thinking. As he's sitting at home, you know, probably thinking, you know, inside, boy, Jason Garrett is is blowing this. Right. If I had this team offensively, I would have called this player that play. That's great. We can all do that because that's where all the, the strength is. Show me what we're going to do on the defensive side. 
So you're, you don't necessarily want the identity of the team to be defensive. You just want an uptick defensively. I want an uptick defensively. We talked about going from seventh to ninth or, or ninth to seventh. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean jack. you got to count all stats. Okay, you can go with numbers all you want, but you got to go with turnovers. You know, and, and, uh, when, when Rashard first came, when Chris Rashard first came, we were known, I think we got, got a number of very timely turnovers. They, it's not just the numbers, but the timing of the turnovers helped us propel us into some of the bigger games and bigger wins that we had. We had none of that this year. Yes, we had stops. On third downs, we were horrible. I think. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah. You know, I still seventh. I don't know how they still got that 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 seventh position. Well, was, let's you know it, that those numbers don't mean jack. It, it ninth in total yards. So that, still, that's what it is. It doesn't but mean anything. You got to make plays. You got to make. And plays. they were thirtieth in takeaways. Yeah. yeah. And that's and that's bottom of the barrel as far as getting ta- takeaways. But I wanted to also say, Kyle, when it comes down to uh, the, the the Mike McCarthy era, it's very important that Stephen Jones. Will McClay and those guys have synergy immediately as as far as this draft is concerned with getting the personnel. I don't believe that the Cowboys can afford to have the square peg, round circle mentality with players anymore. You have to have a guy that comes in and can immediately make an impact. You said last week, Mickey, when it come down to when it was related to the wide receiver position, are we going to have guys that can play immediately? And if you look at McCarthy and his time in Green Bay, man, he was able to draft guys that were able to play immediately, the James Joneses, the Devontae Freeman. Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers. I mean, guys that got on the field. And so that's what's – and even in free agency, getting guys that can play that fit the scheme right now. And that's what we're – I guess what the speculation is with Mike Nolan's defense, what is his defensive philosophy going to be? Because when you look over the years at the success that he's had, the only years – well, I went back to his Atlanta – uh, mm-hmm. Years when he those guys were thirteen and mm-hmm. three. You look at a guy like John Abra- uh, John Abraham, Sean Witherspoon, um, another guy uh, Samuel Asante Samuel. If you're relating the the personnel that we have and making the comparison, I think we have a lot of that. And so that's what's going to be. I think that's going to dictate getting that identity, playing fast, coming after teams, and getting those turnovers. And kind of going off of that synergy and being on the same page as an entire coaching staff, it goes back to what has been said about really the Cowboys over the past three or four years, Mickey. You even talked about record-wise. The talent is here. That's been said. But that's not enough anymore. You can't just say the talent is here. Everybody has a talent. It's the NFL. There's 31 other teams out there that have legitimate talent. You have talent here. Now you got to put it together. You got to be on the same page. And whether that's through the draft, building through free agency, there's a lot of pressure on this coaching staff. And Mickey, you kind of set the, the expectation as Super Bowl. For well, Mike McCarthy. That was kind he of tugging. I know. He didn't say it. That, was, that's all that was kind of tugging cheek. But it was. It, you got to at least win the division and get into the playoffs and win a game. So it's, that's it, first year of It's no less than what it was this year to me. And you, it was. You got to make the championship right? game. Yeah. And, and so anything less. Game. And let's, let's point out they got five defensive starters that are free agents. Yeah. So that's either a good thing or a bad thing if you didn't think the defense <laughs> was good enough, right? Yeah. Uh, eight backups. On defense, free agents. And I don't know where you want to put Tyrone Crawford in that group, but he's coming back from dual hip surgeries. He may not be here. At what age? Who knows? How old is he? He'll, 29 he'll turn oh, this yep. year. Then so his he, cap hit as well may be yeah, and I don't, and But you got to have good players. Everybody, if you're a good player, your cap hit's going to be significant, right? So they've got a lot of rebuilding to do, either re-sign these guys – uh, or that's a lot of work to do in free agency or the draft in, mm-hmm. in one year. But I guarantee you the expectations out there mm-hmm. are going to be at least what I said. Mm-hmm. At least get to the championship game, win a divisional least, game, potentially win the division would be a great oh, that, start. That, that's, for a, Mike McCarthy. that's a given to one, win the division. If we don't win the division, we're going to be upset. One quick stat, out of the eight previous Dallas Cowboys head coaches – 50% of them have had a winning record in their first season as a head coach. 50%. So four of eight yeah, for winning records. Switzer was handed. He was handed a, a magnificent team. It's right? different situations back and forth. So and, and Parcells did maybe the best coaching job of anybody he to sure get did. that team to 10-6 and, and, six. Six and a, into the playoffs with 
Quincy Carter as the quarterback. <laughs> mm-hmm. No doubt about it. That's pretty impressive. No doubt about it. Pretty impressive. But I have to say on the defensive side, and I went back and looked at Dick Nolan's uh, record as well and, and the, the type of personnel that he has. Linebackers seem to be the the the, the that's the basis of his defense. That's yes. where his strength he seems to mm-hmm. come from his strength. Unless we change the philosophy here defensively from the linebacker position, I don't know if that's going to fit with him. Mm. I, I thought we had I was way too far back. They were very vulnerable at all times. We thought that maybe our speed that we had was going to negate. It was going to give us the ability to you know, have good direction and good running start to the ball. That did not happen this year. Maybe the change of, of thought process of our linebackers will allow us to be as effective as the linebackers that, that um, Mike Nolan has had in the past. Except for the Saints, and I said this um, early in the offseason, except for the success that he had with the Saints from the, as a linebacker coach, I didn't see much him, him having much success defensively right. as a D.C. And that bothers me. Now, you know, he was dealing with uh, just some certain players that maybe he inherited. I'm not sure how that went. But if he's going to put his stamp on this, he better get his own players. And don't come mm-hmm. in here saying, well, I had to play the cards that were dealt me. No, we need to get our own players. And I think, I think he's going to have to bring some guys in that's going to really fit the culture of what he's trying to do. He's going to have to. I don't think he has it here. And I'm I'm sorry to say that, but I don't think they're here right now. Well, the positive thing and the encouraging thing about the Dallas Cowboys is that they're not the only team that has a ton of question marks going into the offseason. There's three other teams specifically in the division, Mm -hmm. in the NFC East, that have a ton of offseason question marks. We're going to address those question marks after we take a quick break. You're listening to Talking Cowboys from the SWBC Mortgage Studios here at the Star. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score, September 2019. Back to Talking Cowboys. Roaring on here in the SWBC Mortgage Studios. Talking Cowboys here on another cloudy, semi-chilly Tuesday after a beautiful weekend here in Dallas-Fort Worth. It was a nice weekend. It was awesome, uh, man. Saturday was, was perfect. Yeah. Uh, Outstanding. I went to a baseball oh, game for oh, the you first weren't time here, this season. Yeah, so. I was back. You were you back? We I came mean, back okay. Friday Friday afternoon. Oh, you really came back too soon. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> there was a couple people Who that were... New Orleans on Friday? That's when you get there. Mickey right? does. There was, there was at least a couple people in a group of, I don't know, we were about 50 
that figured out, oh, if they're going to make those reservations, make mine coming back on Sunday, and I'll pay for my hotel room the other two days. There you go. It's like, yeah, why didn't I think of that? Because you're too cheap. That makes sense. But, uh, yeah, fun week in New Orleans, but it was a great weekend here in yes. Dallas-Fort Worth, absolutely. Uh, wanted to kind of continue a little bit of our conversation. We just addressed the Cowboys and some of the – expectations for coaching staff or the new coaching staff rather and Mike McCarthy and company but uh, there's a lot of question marks in this division I mean there's two teams that won either four or less games the Giants and the Redskins four and 12 three and 13 for Washington and then you had the Eagles at nine and seven it was just by far one of the the interesting divisions in terms of lack of wins is probably the best way the nicest way to put it uh lack of wins for a division winner this year nine and seven in the eagles but lots of off-season questions for these teams as well kind of wanted to dissect these uh one by one and we'll start with the defending champion eagles as they look to become the first repeat nfc east champion in how long 20 years was it in 2004 four okay so 16 years it's been a while since we've and had they were a the last champion. ones to do it because they won it four years in a row. Okay, and now you look at coming back and, and with all the injuries that they had. What do you expect out of the Eagles and out of Philadelphia coming up this season? I have no idea. <laughs> it's a good question. Tell, no, right? to, I mean, at this point, I mean, who are they? We don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. We haven't even seen free agency or a draft yet. So, um, I, I thought they were always highly beatable like the Cowboys did the first time around didn't mm-hmm. go out there and only score nine points um you know that was that was another unforgivable uh happening dur- during this season to score nine points in in the game that was going to win the NFC East basically mm-hmm. so yeah are are they great they scored 17 points against the Cowboys what was it the first time 10 10 44 to 10 so and they scored it at home. Yeah, yeah, seventeen at home. It was a beatable team. You know, yeah. shame on the Cowboys. That's true. That's the way I looked at it. So I don't. They're beatable. I don't think that. You know, I think people are going to be hard pressed to pick a favorite to win the NFC East. And that's that, that's not a good thing, right? Yeah, that's, that's just because of so much of a calamity in the <laughs> NFC East. And then you you look at. Uh, I have to give the, the Peterson some credit. Because they could have folded this thing up sure. so long. There were a couple of games when they were coming down the stretch that they won, you know, between he and Carson Wentz and that running game. Yeah, of that course. That was doing so well. Man, it was, I had to give them a lot of credit because what they were doing, when they were grinding, we were losing. And what they were doing is what we should have been doing as Dallas Cowboys. They figured out a way to win games that they ugly, were trailing. Ugly right? They were behind. Right. They had to come from behind. That's right. Well, they Even say, against yeah. the Redskins. They changed into a playoff team down that stretch. They, their philosophy was, we're going to play good defense. We're going to run the ball. That's playoff defense. And that's playoff basketball, football. And yeah. so, yeah, I, we couldn't do that. And you look at the NFC East, what, three coaches fired this year? Mm-hmm. Three out of four. Yes. Right? Yep, three out of four. Man, Doug Peterson's bad. the only one that returns. That's pretty bad for well, him. Well, I, so I can now, say this. Now he's the elder statesman. <laughs> Peterson is. Yeah, I can say this unequivocally. I hate the Eagles, and I don't know if this is politically correct to say. Yeah. <laughs> but I hate them. It and is. the fact that they beat us in a must-win game just does not sit right with me, especially with all the injuries that they had at wide receiver. And, you know, the guys talking about how Carson Wentz was playing with the motley crew of guys that, you know, off the street, this one guy was bagging groceries. Greg Ward. Yeah. You know, Ward, yeah. But Greg Ward, Houston yeah, products. Houston. Yeah. yeah, but but still, I mean, with Alshon Jeffrey, uh, Deshaun Jackson being out, you, you just looked in their running game. You know, they again winning ugly. They were winning games, and it's not like they were doing a lot. They were putting up a lot of stats. They were relying on their defense with Fletcher Cox and Man, Brandon. You know, they came through. They did, they and, and that's Malcolm and that Jenkins, was Malcolm Jenkins. Played. That was the centerpiece of that team. That Again, getting that identif- that identity as a team, they ran everything through their defense, and it man, it helped them in the end come down the stretch, win the division. They won it ugly, but for them, I think that they're going to be looking at getting a, a running back. 
uh, because of the guys that they have. I b- believe in the the last four games of the season they brought in uh, Elijah Holyfield, mm-hmm. uh, great champ. Yeah, is that crazy? Yeah, <laughs> his son is is a running back in the National Football Came League. But Georgia. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so also getting getting in a top tier. Uh, receiver, I think on defense and just getting healthy, even though they were a little banged up, uh, they played some really good defense. But running back wide receiver is a place that I believe that the Eagles would be looking at improving this the, year. The wide receiver core uh, is Deshaun coming back. He's a little old yeah, now, yeah, but he came. I mean, he was on injury reserve at the end of the year the first as well. Game this year, they got off, and they yeah. were saying yeah. that it was this going to be the Jeffries, and you know, it's going to be their show. It's going to be their show all year long. Then he's. The next game, he's hurt. Yeah. So Turn, turned around, and he was on IR. Yeah, he's on IR after yeah. talking all that trash. Now so. he wasn't the only one on IR. You look at really the the injuries that they had to deal with, and I think this goes along with what Mickey was having to say of who we don't know what exactly. they're going and that's to be. Kind of where I was headed too, because when those guys come back, you know, what's then, what's it going to be like? Right. I mean, there, you have Alshon Jeffrey, Darren Sproles, you got Deshaun Jackson, like you mentioned, and then on the defensive side, Ronald Darby was on IR, uh, Hassan Ridgeway, Malik are, Jackson. These are quality players. Yeah, all, yeah these are quality Almost starter-level yes. backups. I mean, it, we talked about the free agents for the Cowboys. All these guys were on IR in the middle of the season right. when you couldn't do anything and about it. And they still won down the stretch. They without. still did. And that's, that's why I don't know what to expect from them. And will Wentz stay healthy? Because yeah. that was the first season he stayed <laughs> healthy, first right? Yeah. And they uh, had four. six Pro Bowlers, not including Wentz, just because Wentz – uh, they had six Pro Bowlers. Six Pro Bowlers. Wow. Now, of course, Wentz did get hurt at the end of the season as well. Josh McCown had to step in for a split second. So even in the season when Carson Wentz was uh, healthy for the majority of it, there were still kind of those questions on whether or not he was going to be able and to yet they still make it all the way through. down the stretch. And that's what I you, – you can throw stats out of the windows, guys. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to come with how much heart do you have? Mm-hmm. Okay, how much of a team is this? You know, we can – Fuss all we want about. Okay, we terrible on third downs. We don't get interceptions, but just win the game, and then we'll we'll worry about that later. They were able to put things off that they weren't good at, and still concentrate on on the task at hand, and that was winning the ball game. You know, and I think it goes back to, and I mentioned it last week when we were talking about the Cowboys' offense and what Kellen Moore's assessment was of what happened, and it's like you got to make plays at key times. You third down, can I convert that third down? Red zone. Or red zone, can I score this touchdown Man. instead of kick a field goal? And boy, did they. And, and, <laughs> right? and, and the Cowboys' problem was with all those yards they gained, it, it didn't translate into points Mm-mm. because you got to make plays at key times, yep. and the Cowboys didn't do it. And, and Mickey, like guys like Dallas Goddard and Zach Ernst in, in the game versus the Cowboys, they just ripped us apart. I mean, just, just hiding out in those bubbles and while, sitting while, down. While and, hobbling, while hobbling. And, and who, and, and, and who were they going to throw the ball to, right? It they could have they, they put a big neon sign up there, right? The two tight ends. Coming They're going to throw guys. to them. Yes. Can you cover them? And the Cowboys couldn't. Could couldn't not do could, it. Couldn't even, we didn't even have a defense drawn up to stop them. And even when they beat the Giants, and, and they beat them twice, right? In Washington yeah. once. Is that the way it worked? Mm-hmm. And, and it came down to key plays at the end. Who did you think they were going to throw the ball to? <laughs> Zach Ernst. Yeah. Every time. And they didn't cover him. Nope, didn't cover Wide open. They should have had three people around each tight end. I right? wouldn't even I wouldn't even I put a linebacker on, on Greg Ward if I had to. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Because Wentz didn't have confidence in anybody else. That, right? But the two guys and the what the running back coming out of the backfield. I'm sorry, what was his name again? The, the from Penn State. The running back that was just dicing them up for the Eagles this year. Oof. That's a good question. Is I mean, it Miles Sanders or Boston Scott? Oh, it was Boston Scott. See, now those guys, yeah. uh, they came through. They came through in a t- difficult situation because I believe one of the starters got hurt down the yes. stretch, and they came in with the backup. But one of the things I want to ask you about, Mickey, as far as the Dallas Cowboys on offense, I think they were the worst in the NFL as far as uh, pos- starting positions uh, on true. offense. They That's were, true. you know, yeah, because the defense didn't help out, right? Yep. Defense didn't help each out. Drive, <laughs> each drive started, you know. 
was the worst starting. So having had. having to go the length of the field and have those quality plays, asking Kellen Moore to, I mean, literally <laughs> script this thing out all the way from the 15 all yard. All the way. And, and then, Three downs. And Not when just. the offense sputtered <laughs> and, and they had their problems or their woes, or let's just say when they were relying on Brett Maher to kick a 55-yard field goal, he misses a 55-yarder. And then the defense, on the flip side of that, they were starting in the worst field position as well because most offenses are starting at the 35-40 yard line. And they I can't, I can't remember when it took time. place, but there was at some point, and it was the second half of the season, that they had only started two possessions on the opponent's side of the 50. Yep. Two. That's true. And, and so, yeah, maybe that's why they had so many yards because they had to go 80 and 90 all and the time. And so you, you have to crazy. think about this. Now, I always say you use up your playbook on one drive. And you were saying you, you, have, you have to script out. And it's not like we're making big plays doing those drives. And everything is just methodical. It's almost like we go three downs every time. We have to do the third down uh, every time. We have to make the third down in the process of going all the way down the field. No big plays that were able to offset, you know, yeah. just how methodical we were in going down the field. And to me, you can't sustain that all year long because now you become predictable. Yeah. There are only so many plays in the playbook. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. you can only use so many of them. After a while, you're going to repeat. You're going to repeat. You're going to repeat. And if you go one drive, you might go 75 yards. Okay, that defense says that was a good drive. Okay, we saw some things. Then the pattern is there. Yeah. And so now you got you have to continue to do that for four quarters with no help defensively. Yep. So that's how you use up your playbook because I use that term. I want to clarify that's what that means. After a while, the defense is like, okay, they've shown the pattern on every I've second I've seen that before. They've shown the same pattern on 34. Yeah. You know, here we are, 34 again, 34 again, 38 again. You know, we're always, you know, grinding it out. And we that's that's not successful when your defense is not making plays for Did you think that the play calling got predictable at any point in the season? It had to be. It had to because you're using every play. You're yeah. not – you're not killing them with big plays. Right. You know, if you get a big play, then that that negates the other 40 yards that you may have had to use uh, use your playbook. Now we just use 40 yards in one play. Now we can use we can save all of those plays we didn't use for a more critical mm-hmm. time in the game. And I think that's what was super frustrating for Cowboys fans this season is the fact that you saw a team like the Eagles with depleted personnel, with the injuries that they dealt with, go out and have success. And you said, hey, why can't we do that? Because because they didn't Connor make Williams plays at key right. times. Exactly. And you, you know, you, you mentioned predictable. They scored, they, they totaled more yards than any team in Cowboy history. Mm-hmm. In history. Crazy. Dak Prescott came up two yards short of throwing for more yards than any quarterback in Cowboy history, and two of them are in the Hall of Fame. So it, they didn't have problems moving the football. They had problems scoring yeah. or making a play at a key time or kicking a field goal at a key time. You couldn't go through the season where your your kicker was, what, one of, one of eight <laughs> between, no. between, between 40, 40 and 45. 49. Yeah. Those are key three Those points. Those are the ones. that That's the layups that you need. That's right? the free throws. That's the free throws that you got to make right there. Now, so, Mickey, Mickey, you're the you're the football almanac here, and so I, I got to say this as well. Now, when you have a quarterback that throws for five thousand yards, typically, I guess besides guys like Dan Marino that had you know success throwing for those kind of yards, those always those are all those numbers are always indicative of losing teams or eight true. and eight teams. If you look over the course of the the history of the NFL with guys having those kind of yards, because I don't even. Pat Mahomes didn't throw for 4,900 yards this year in his offense. So, uh-oh, Mickey's going to the stat sheet. <laughs> He's looking back down. <laughs> so, somewhere. Well, I mean, even if you look at it, you once again, you've got to have support from the other side. Yeah. And you can you can talk about – we're talking about Dak. Let's not forget about Zeke. Zeke had over 1,000. So that you can add that to our offensive success, if you want to call it. But when it came down to it, you've used up all of those plays. You're right back in the red zone again because you got to be down there because your defense didn't stop anybody. So offensively, you're still behind the eight ball. Now we need this red zone. Well, God, we've been down here five times. Yeah. You know, we've been down here five times. We've been in the red zone five times. You had a quarterback that had a career year. You had a running back that 
ran for a thousand once again for whatever that's worth. You had the first time since 2006 two receivers with a thousand yards receiving. Wow! And you didn't score enough points in eight games to and win. And your third more than receiver eight. had 55, uh, at least 55 receptions. Caption. Yeah, and so yeah, so. Offensively, they just didn't make plays at the key times. They moved the football. They just wasn't good enough consistently enough. Um, so, yeah, that's why I just said, let's put a big circle around that defense and let's see you know, if it's that improves. Be. It's got to yeah. be. It's got to have some improvement. You just have to change the culture around here. We know what we have offensively. You know, when, when uh, uh, Chris Richard came in two years ago, that was fun to watch, mm-hmm. seeing that defense go around making plays. They, they, were, they were guys making interceptions and, and strip sacks and you know, uh, Jalen Smith picking up fumbles and going for touchdowns. You know, you don't have to be tops in the field in any of those defensive categories. You just got to make the plays when it counts, and that's what they did mm-hmm. two years ago when Rashad first came. Well, right. and that's what Philadelphia was able to do with Zach Ertz and uh, Dallas Goddard in that final game. What's the thing that the Cowboys did not necessarily have on offense that had a successful year? Confidence. Well, I was saying the tight end position. They, no confidence. No confidence no. in the tight Even end position. Even as they drove down the field, it just seemed like they were – it's just status quo. It is. They, it, it, it seemed like we were just just playing out the playbook. And we're going to talk about those tight ends and that position and what the Cowboys could do better when we come back. Talking Cowboys will return in a moment. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. So, you're shopping. And that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stacked from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did, did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. Back to Talking Cowboys. So we have a deadline coming up Uh on Jack Black. 12 hours away to take advantage of a clean getaway. You can get a free turbo wash three ounces or all over wash three ounces with your $60 Purchase. So if you go to getjackblack.com, shop now and use the code CLEAN and you get this free all over wash. All over. All over. I, I, I think I, I like it all over. And it's, it's great stuff and you don't need to use a heck of a lot of it either. If you had like a very white voice and you said that <laughs> all over wash, that, that would have worked yeah, out. Right. I would have rushed to the store to go get that, Mick. We've all got 12 hours to do what Mickey could not do this that's past right. week and that's have a clean giveaway. That's right. Absolutely. 12. 12 hours. 12 hours. 
Get that Black, get Jack Black. Fifty nine. I think that tonight. was your more reserved. Uh, that was presentation. Reserved. Yeah, it was more reserved. There That's why any, you got the applause. There was no funny line. <laughs> no words in there. <laughs> well, I was oh, waiting. No shea, shea butter. Yeah, shea butter. No shea butter. No shea butter. All over wash. Oh, gotta love the Mickey Reads. A staple here. On Talking Cowboys, and we kind of ended the last segment alluding to this a little bit. Tight ends. Of course, this is a position of frustration for the Cowboys uh, over the last two years, not even just this past year with uh, Jason Witten and his return. It was always nice to have Witten back with the Cowboys, and, and of course, having him in the in the the locker room is huge. The fact of having the the 16 years or the 15 years of ex- experience and a uh, gold jacket wit mm-hmm. running around that's always going to help out. And he says the passion is still there. He wants to return and play the the tight end position at a professional level yet again. But that brings me to the question of. Last year when he did come back, it was rumored that he was going to see about 25% of the snaps. He was going to be limited action. Wasn't guaranteed to be the starter, but instead he saw 75% of the snaps Mm -hmm. on offense. And even with a new coaching staff coming in, uh, Mike McCarthy, a guy who has been known to use 12 personnel quite a bit in the past, what do the Cowboys actually have at tight end? Is this something that... Uh, could be an issue going into 2020 and further. Well, I, I thought uh, Heckman brought it up uh, very well. He almost alluded to it uh, during the break. And, mm-hmm. you know, having that, uh, not having that tight end that you really want in the red zone. I think that's one of the reasons that we did not do well when it came to scoring and finishing our drives. Uh, when it came to third downs, you know, I'm sure we probably did very well, decent in third downs, but when it came down the stretch, our third down efficiency was down mm-hmm. uh, when we needed those plays. And you could see on the defensive side how we were being defeated by the running back and by the tight end position, especially late in the season, second half of the season was when it came to either the Thanksgiving game or any of the uh, teams that we played uh, on the AFL, on the AFC side. Mm-hmm. Those teams heavily regarded on their tight ends. It's really what you're going to now in the NFL. That's your save-my-ass position, okay? <laughs> yeah. And Dak needed a lot of that last year in key positions, and he did not get it. For some reason, we just didn't target uh, – um, oh, my God, I can't even remember. Jarwin. Jarwin. Blake Jarwin as much as we should have. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy's a, an athletic marvel to me. Yeah. You know, for someone who could have the yak, of, a better yak than probably any tight end in the league. And that's – we're talking about some, some studs at tight end all throughout the NFL. And for some reason, we – you know – Let's just remember the joke that uh, I believe Dak Prescott said about Witten uh, years ago. It was, this was years ago. Yeah, neg- he's the only tight end with a negative yak. You know, I mean, come on. <laughs> you got to think about that, guys. Yeah. I mean, I love you, – you know we love Witten, man, and, and everything he's done for this team. This guy, he supported me as a person and my foundation. But I think we need to start looking forward – to the guys that can get the ball down the field from the tight end position. And that's a, a good question of, of what is Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz? Schultz. I mean, those are the two guys that are on your roster at the moment. And both are extremely athletic. Blake Jarwin had 39% of offensive snaps this year, 31 receptions, 365 yards, almost 12 yards per catch, and he had three touchdowns compared to four for Jason Witten and his 75% of offensive snaps. So, what, what do we have in Blake Jarwin? Is this a guy who can step in and be a starter? My only reserve is if he's that ready to be a starter, why did he not see the field a quarter percent of the time last year? I don't think they trusted him blocking blocking. enough. Okay. Yeah. Now they used him a lot of two tight end, and they used him a lot on third down. Uh, look, the tight ends, again, I can give you quantity. Yeah. Now we, we can discuss the quality, right? The tight ends produced. 95 catches for 900 yards, seven touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So from a qual- quantity standpoint, 95 catches from your tight end is pretty darn good. 900, Almost a 1,000-yard season, right? Yeah. Got seven touchdowns, though. So the catches per touchdown, probably not what you want, and you didn't make enough impact plays down the field. Yeah, if, mm-hmm. if they move the chains, then that's cool, too. Yeah, right? Yeah. So – now, what you can can Dalton Schultz be your every down, t- 
tight end. And I haven't seen enough of him and you haven't to seen even it. know right. he had can one reception well. this past year, like they, And they he didn't did really better. trust him. But that's the question. That's the bigger question with our tight ends. Can they run block? I mean, catching yards after catch, that's awesome. But we have one of the world's best running backs mm-hmm. here that we're paying to be the world's best, best running back. And the tight end position, if McCarthy is going to play that 12 personnel, guys are going to have to be able to block. And I think that is that what the difference Jason is. Really yeah, good. if you say that's exactly. Those are the things. When you look at the other teams are like Kittle uh, at San Francisco. This guy is an animal blocker. <laughs> I mean, he's blocking guys to the Gatorade buckets, and that's what you want. But if you are mediocre in our system, it doesn't work because we can't be susceptible on the edge because we don't have a tight end that can block. Yeah. And so when you look around the NFL or just look at just going back to what the Cowboys mantra has been, we sign our own guys. So if we have them here in-house, we're going to try and take care of them. He's shown those flashes, and, and it sounds like to me everyone regards Jarwin as a guy that may have had his stunt, his growth a little stunted last year by Witten coming back. But that's for a reason. If he could block, then obviously he, he, would have, he wouldn't have to worry mm-hmm. about that. And so looking at free agency or just looking at the guys that are out there, does the Cow- will the Cowboys make a trade? Will we go into the draft looking at tight ends? Because, again, O.J. Howard is a guy that I think that everyone Man. over the years Ooh-wee. we've been talking. But will we pay that kind of dollar? For a tight end, like an, uh, an Eric Ebron, will we bring in a guy that has that those type of salary demands it in, or will we look, you know, elsewhere uh, to get a tight end that can make an impact, or we just stay stay the course with a guy that still has those question marks looming when we know what he has to do in the running game? Well, you got to have priorities, right? Of course. Okay, what's your free agent priority? Defense. Defensive yeah. line. Well, no, it's your quarterback. Okay. Well, signing, oh, yes, yeah, signing. signing That's yeah. what I mean. Yes. Okay. The free agent. And then what's your next priority? Your wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's your next priority? Maybe that third right. wide receiver. What's your next priority? You might like Malik Collins back. Yeah. Right? Uh, and then or after. Robert Quinn. And, and then where does Robert Quinn fit in? You want him back? Because all this stuff's going to cost. So you've got to have a list of priorities. And is the tight end, how high is the tight end in, in that priority list? And how much are you going to spend for something that. The other team didn't want. So remember that there's a reason guys are in free agency. Somebody didn't want them. Austin Hooper from Atlanta, free agent this year, market value around ten million. Then you've got Eric Ebron. We talked about him a couple weeks ago. Man, seven, well, he's a stud. Too. Seven point yeah. four million is his. And where's he? Where's he right value. now? Looking for a team. Ebron. Yeah. Yeah. What? He's not a he's free agent. He's looking for a yet. team. No, he's a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not yet. Yes, he's got correct. a month. He's got a couple weeks. So teams can a month. Yeah. So teams can re-sign these guys just because they're out there now. That's like saying Dak Prescott's the number one quarterback in free agency. Mm-hmm. But well, also, he's me- not going to be a free agent. Well, so, so you and, can't and start be, looking I'd at those things. I'd be very surprised now. if the Colts didn't bring back Ebron. Yeah. I mean, he's they just got to work on a contract, yeah. or he's going to get transition tagged or something. Mm-hmm. So again, it you know you, you got a lot of wants. You need another linebacker? Because if Sean Lee's not here, you need another linebacker. Right? I, 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 I and, and, and then what are you going to do at cornerback? Yeah. And what are you going to do at safety? Because you can't draft everybody and say, okay, these guys, I drafted this guy in the fourth round. He's my starter. No, absolutely not. But, but also saying, you know, that guys are free agent for a reason. I mean, contractually, guys end up being free agents mm-hmm. and have an opportunity. Like you said Sometime, before. Sometimes. Well, if, if they're good enough, I'll sign them. But like you said with Byron Jones, you said give him an opportunity to look at what's going on in the free market. You said, hey, give him an opportunity. And so if another team covets that and they want to make him the highest paid cornerback and bigger than Patrick Peterson. Then let him have him. Go well, that's his, but that's he's a but saying he's a free agent <laughs> for a reason. Do that? Well, he, he is a free agent for a reason because if you didn't re-sign him, then you thought his value wasn't worth what it was going to cost the sign. Or it they wasn't might just be curious was enough to see if, if he's if it's the values there. They like you said, they, the Cowboys just might want to see what other teams think. Yeah, about. let them find yeah. out what your market value right. is. Well, and just because you let a guy walk doesn't mean you don't like. Think it. about this: you've got other guys tell on your me, team. Tell me a star player that the Cowboys had heading into free agency that they didn't re-sign and lost him and said, okay, Anthony Hitchens, I'll give you that one. 
but mm-hmm. a star, star player. Don't take Anthony Hitchens. I was just about to say Anthony Hitchens, and you take him off the table, Nick. Really? All right. Because in the priority, in the priority <laughs> of where you yeah. were, you had two starting linebackers and Sean Lee. So you have to say. To me, yeah. But na- name one. Name a Pro Bowler that the Cowboys lost because they didn't sign him in free to, to stay out of free agency. Not many. I I have to go back to Ken Norton Jr. And that was the first year of free agency. And they didn't think that they should sign a guy with a big signing bonus. But other than that, you got two they, more re- Super Bowls they resigned. Us. Yeah, they resigned their own guys. But, Mickey, let me ask you this. When it comes down to those, those teams in the 90s, right, when you, Michael Irvin, uh, Emmitt Smith, and Troy Aikman, those guys had to work out contracts to be able to keep guys like Nate Newton on the roster. And with – Oh, oh, I don't know about that. Mm. Troy, no? Troy Aikman didn't leave money on the table. Michael Irvin held out an entire training camp, if you remember, and didn't sign to the Thursday before the season opener looking for more money. But if he had done like a lot of these guys are testing the, testing the market, being able to go out and get bigger contracts, they still had those things in, in, the, in their ability Mike, as well. Mike never had a chance to get into free agency. They, they signed the, him. The point that I'm saying is being able to get those contracts structured that fit your team to be able to bring back a Byron Jones because again, if we the priority, if the priority is signing Dak, if Dak's taking up the lion's share, if we look at the contracts that we have, if a third of those are going to other guys, how are we going to sign any of these other guys? So then, how are you going to go out in free agency and sign another guy for that type of money? Then again, you—that's answering the question. We're not going to be able to, and we're not going to be able to sign our own guys either. And so we're not going to have much success. We'll be right back at eight and eight again because we won't be able to get the quality for the dollars that we're paying. They didn't lose quality from 2016, did they? We had a bunch of guys that were three. 13 and 3. But we had a bunch of guys that were on rookie contracts as well. Well, I I understand, but again, you you you're you're going to you you can't re-sign everybody, right? But when you can't re-sign everybody, that means you don't you have gotta, enough money to go out there to and go sign and somebody else. How are you going to how are you really going to afford it? An you have to really prioritize what what's important to your team. Right, exactly. And then you look and see and fill in and then hope you draft well to guys can step up and fill in holes. So, if you can't sign your own, how are you going to find to sign somebody else? So if we stay the course, if we stay the course with I'm the guys, I'm not saying that, you're going to stay the course, but you got a salary cap, right? And every as well as every team exactly. has a salary cap, and either we're drafting well or we're getting free agency. Either way, we have to get someone in here that's going to shore up that position. If Jason, again, the, let's say the trains left the station on that one, right? We're going to have Dalton Schultz. Jarwin, mm-hmm. we're going to have to bring another guy into that room. Either we get him through the draft or we get him through free agency. We're going to have to sign him. If it's not one of these top ten guys for, for Buku dollars, who are we going to go to? Who is going to fit into the system that we have? Because someone's going to have to help this team out at the tight end position. I, I you absolutely have to, you agree. You have to try and figure out priority-wise who's the free agent signing is going to be and then also how do we draft. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't mind drafting a tight end. Right, they have some amazing tight ends to, coming out of college, and they're going to have to. They're going to have to. I'm not as I'm not as high on the tight end class as, as you were, might yeah. be in the wide receiver but you class. Can't, you know yeah, what? Wide receivers are good, but I, 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 could, I think no, you can get a late some, round tight end. That could I've be seen a, some a good tight ends out there who can block very well. Probably block better than tight ends we have right now. May not mm-hmm. be as fluid as Jarwin is at this point in his career, but I would take a chance on drafting a tight end out of college. And without bringing back, I mean, it's Jason easy Witten. to sit there and look at the top shelf, right? Yeah. Well, a lot of us can't go to the tequila bar and order top shelf all the time, Speak right? For yeah, we're yourself, not sometimes, Mickey. <laughs> Come on, Mickey. Some, Mickey does it when somebody else is paying. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes that second or third shelf's got to work, and you got to. That's when you got to rely on your scouting department, right? And your pro scouting department say, okay, this team didn't want to sign this, but you know what? I think he's pretty good. Maybe I can bring this guy on. Sometimes you can't just look at the top three guys and say, I got to have that at corner. I got to have that at tight end. I got to have that at defensive tackle. I got to have that at my third wide receiver spot. I got to have that at the other defensive end spot. Mm -hmm. Just remember in 2018 when uh, Jason Witten was retired and in the booth, we we had guys like Noah Brown. 
you know, auditioning at the tight end position. And it didn't serve us. In, I mean, we well, got. Well, he wasn't going to be a tight end. Well, he was, he was still a hybrid. We, mm-hmm. we didn't have yeah, him at receiver. But he wasn't going to block. Yeah. That whole thing with Noah Brown, you know what? If I've got a wide receiver and the best thing I can say about him, he blocks well. <laughs> I got a there, problem. There, this, Mickey, thank that's you for making my all, point. That's, that's what they my would point, always man. say about Noah Brown. That's what I'm Boy, saying. he blocks well. Boy, you brought up the wrong one. <laughs> no, no, that's the, no, that's the right one. That's the right okay, one because we got to put emphasis now <laughs> on guys that we know that when we get down, like Noah Brown it, against, uh, I was thinking about the when we played in the Seattle. Mm-hmm. Noah Brown, we go down in the goal line, and Noah Brown is out there with Jarwin and Schultz in the 12 personnel situation. I mean, we're not fooling anybody in that. We're not going to go to Noah Brown down there. That other neon sign. <laughs> there, right? Come on. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Noah <laughs> Brown's in there. We're running the football. We're running the ball. <laughs> so we got. If we're going to get, if we're going to have any Swiss Army to our tight ends, we got to bring in a guy that can do both. And it looks like right now the guys that we have on the on the roster aren't able yeah. to do that. Well, and going back to what. Everson said, you might not mind taking a tight end in the draft. We took one two years ago in 2018 in the fourth round. His mm. name was Dalton Schultz. There you go. And then going back to what Mickey said, just because you can't look at the top shelf, that makes sense. You can't look at the top shelf of the tequila or whatever you're, you're drinking. But those middle shelves, if you're not careful, it's going to give you a pretty bad headache the next morning. That's right. Absolutely. You might have some issue and there. I, you know it who depends I just on gave, how you mix it. <laughs> you know who I just a gave a, a headache to, as a matter of fact? <laughs> Rob just turned the show off. Oh. <laughs> he would get so mad at me for picking on Noah Brown. Oh, oh, I see. That's man. a sore spot. I Found it. I, I know what to whisper in your ear. Week on we, would like to, we would like to sincerely apologize to Rob Phillips <laughs> for making a, a, a point of Noah Brown. But that's going to do it. Me, Rob. That's going to do buddy. it for talking he Cowboys took, this he week. He just told his wife, "I'm taking care of the baby." Now. That's it. Uh, thanks so much for joining us for Everson Walls for Heckma Harrison for Mickey Spagnola. I'm Kyle Yeoman. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Hey. hey. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this,